much love. When the drive's nearly over, I like to go down and watch all the lads as they work on the river. I know that come evening we'll be in the town and we all like to waltz with the log driver. It's episode 18, season four, Ravage Love. And that, of course, is a log driver's waltz where we go Berlin. <laughs> Berlin, Julie, <laughs> down the white water. Berlin. <laughs> Berlin, just Berlin. It is Canadiana week here on Ravage Love. And I, for one, am fucking delighted because I feel like all roads lead to here. I have two degrees in Canadian studies. <laughs> I am that bitch that's constantly schooling people on how they should care more about what's going on in Canada than they should be obsessed with the United States. So this is a big day for me. Um, it's a big day <laughs> for me. And um, I just want to tell you, Renee, my book this week, <laughs> check some boxes, bud. It checked some boxes. Okay, okay. So I mean, can- I mean, listen, the irony's not lost on me that we are recording our Canadian on a episode on July. <laughs> I was just about to say that. I was like, "Oh, fuck, <laughs> fucking happy Independence Day." And on that note, I'm literally dripping with sweat and disgusting right now because I just came home from the protest against Roe v. Wade um in solidarity with Americans. So yeah um big feelings about the fact that uh you know canada day celebrates genocide and colonialism and the united states is celebrating freedom but pregnant people don't have any and there was Mm -hmm. a shooting at an independence day parade today where a number of people were murdered so um Weird time. A weird time to be thinking about nationalism. But. <laughs> a little bit. A wee bit. You know, and I live in Ottawa where the Canadian flag has been used as a symbol of hate. So, you know. But nonetheless, I'm still born and raised in this country. I've studied extensively. And <laughs> as a result, I'm going to tell you about the batshit book that I read this week. And I'm going to do what you have done in the past, Renee, which is not actually tell you the title of the book until the end because i don't it there's a spoiler in the title fantastic i love a surprise so i'm going to tell you that i read a book by hannah hart could not find any information about this individual uh so i don't know if they're actually canadian i don't know if she's or not um this book came out in 2012 uh and it was about 100 pages so it's like a novella and it's set in Moose Creek, Alberta. Oh, you know what? I have pictures of me in Moose Creek, Ontario oh. on my Facebook. Oh, well, I don't know if there is a Moose Creek in Alberta, but this is a story. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm coughing. <coughs> Good Lord. You got the, you got the firework long body. <laughs> I do. Got that dry, <laughs> parched Alberta air stuck in me old throat here. Okay, so, Nick is a Mountie, and he is called to the scene of Ted Harley's gruesome murder. Oh, I love it already. Was it, uh, you know, bitter rival? No, it looks to be an animal attack. (gasps) 
In Moose Creek? No. Moose Creek. They had an animal attack. And Thomas Markham works with Wilderness Security Patrol. And he shows up to the crime scene after Nick has been there for quite some time. And is like, yeah, we're uh, we're taking over this crime scene. This is a uh, Wilderness Security Patrol issue. And he's like, uh... Like, wilderness is involved, but, like, a person was murdered. Like, this is our jurisdiction. And he's like, nope, I'm Thomas Markham, and you got to do what I say. So Nick's like, Murr. So then he goes back to his office where he meets a very handsome man named Adam Gaines, who also works oh. for Wilderness Security Patrol. And he's like, oh, I'm actually going to work with you on this file. And he's like, oh, I should be the lead on this file. But, you know, true enemies to lovers situation. They're like, let's work together like a good buddy cop, I guess. Um, and in meeting with Adam from WSP, he says, you know, just we haven't been talking about it publicly, but this is actually one of several attacks that have happened <gasps> over the past few months in different communities around Alberta. Nobody knows what the cause is. None of the people appear to have, like, defense wounds. So it's, like, how they must have been attacked in, like, pitch black or something. Because they don't even appear, like, just, like, squished. And they weren't, um, didn't defend themselves. And he's like, that's weird. So Nick is pissed that he has a partner and that he has to work with WSP. But he's not pissed that Adam is delicious. And they kind of have a little bit of flirting banter. And then Adam realizes, and I'm going to read you a direct quote. I better watch myself around him. He's sharp and I can't afford to have him figure out my secret. So you're like, oh, the secret is that like, you're also a gay cop and you're both closeted. Like what is the secret? So they work the case. And at one point Adams invites him over to his house and is like, hey, we can't obviously work on this um, case in public spaces because people can't know what's going on. We don't want to increase mass panic. So how about you come over to my house? I make a mean stir fry. We can have some food and we can go over the case and I can sort of fill you in on the other incidents that have happened over the past few months. And they're like, okay. And you know, when someone says stir fry and chill, they really mean suck my dick. <laughs> So they um, start fucking, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, pretty quickly. Um, but anyways, so they start fucking, have a grand old time. And he wakes up, um, Nick wakes up to the sound of Adam, like, in a fight with someone. So he's like, what the fuck? And he runs downstairs and sees that there's, like, a heated discussion with this guy. And Adam's like, uh, this is my cousin Jace. He was just leaving. And Nick is like, what the fuck? fuck is going on here what were they fighting about why is it all awkward because i'm here now so he goes back to work the case and they're working the case and they're doing what they can and then he gets told that wilderness security protection people are taking over completely and nick's been kicked off the case and he's super pissed and then he's also sad because he's like now i won't get to work with adam but adam's like don't worry let's commit to still seeing each other i feel a strong connection with you he's like yeah me too and then that night, Nick's like, fuck it. I'm going back to the scene of Ted Henley's murder, and I'm going to go do some of my own investigating. We love a cop that goes rogue. Not. <laughs> um, so he goes back to the crime scene, and then he sees a wild animal. Oh and he's like, God. oh my God, he's back for blood. Like, what is up? <laughs> and then he runs outside to get away from this creature that he can't figure out what it is. 
And then he sees Adam getting out of his car and running towards him. And he's like, oh man, was he also coming to work the case even though he wasn't supposed to? And as Adam's running towards him, he's ripping off his clothes. And Nick is like, what the fuck? And then Adam turns into a werewolf. Adam was a werewolf the whole fucking time. That was his secret. Um, And so then he morphs into a werewolf, then beats the shit out of the werewolf that was upstairs. And the other werewolf just like skulks off, basically. So now Nick is like really freaked out because he's like, uh, my lover is a werewolf who just attacked another werewolf. And that other werewolf got scared and ran away from him. Like what in the ever loving fuck? Adam's like, oh, that was my cousin Jace. He was coming here because we know a werewolf has caused these murders and we don't know why. And we're trying to secretly solve it on our own because it's going to be really bad for our species if we don't get this under wraps because people will figure out that there is a werewolf and they'll start hunting us. And so um, I'm sorry I lied to you, but obviously, you know, it's kind of a big secret. And he. It says like, you know, my cousin was trying to help, um, but then also trying to hurt you to get you to stay away from me because he's worried that you're going to snitch about the existence of werewolves. And Nick's like, I would never, I love you. Um, they make up, they fuck. Then they very, and I'm saying random in like the truest sense of the word, not the millennial sense. They're just like out of fucking nowhere. Are like let's go to this so they're fucking and then he's like let's carry this on to the bar and he's like okay let's go get drinks i guess and then we go to the bar and he like does a secret knock and then he goes and there's like a sex club in this bar <laughs> and then he just starts like doming him and then he's like yeah that's like my werewolf coming out because it's a full moon and i'm like is this like a menstruation allegory i don't understand um and so he like doms him in this sex club and they're just like oh you know like as a big tough cop i'm not using used to subbing but i love it and so they do all this fucking sucking and fucking in this weird sex club and then they just leave and there's no other like point to it whatsoever so it was a very weird sidebar um at so then they go they're like fuck it we're gonna keep working the case together but quietly on our off hours and they go revisit the locations of the other murders and when they're there they're like okay let's split up you go look in the barn i'll go around the back all of a sudden he um like goes to he's like oh where where's my buddy where's my buddy finds him just absolutely almost dead like nick has been like mauled by something and he's like oh my god not my lover uh and then he uses his werewolf super strengths or whatever to crack the case and it turns out that thomas markham the wilderness security officer who showed up and was like i'm taking over the case He's the murderer. Oh, um, no. He is, he was paying, and the reason why he murdered all of these farmers is because he was paying the farmers to hunt his werewolf enemies. And then when he, they had done sort of clearing out his turf for him, he would kill them to keep it quiet. And then he'd go to another farmer and be like, I will pay you. And then he would kill them to keep them quiet. And so they get him and they shoot him with a silver bullet and they kill him. And then they decide that they're going to be little werewolf, human being, friends, lovers, fucking whatever they are forever. The end. Mm. Wow. So I read 
the Mounties werewolf. <laughs> nice. Part of the. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> part of the werewolves of Moose Creek collection. Um, yeah, and I love that it's the werewolves of Moose Creek is like I guess one of the but the actual name of the collection is Man Love. <laughs> <laughs> So in terms of spice, there were quite a few sex scenes. They were like a little bit cringe sometimes in the writing, but not terrible. So I'm going to give it four out of five garlic toast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Is it werewolves? No, werewolves don't care about garlic. Do they? That's vampires. No, that's silver. Silver. Oh, okay. So... Uh, that that matches well with the sex toy that I was going to accompany with this particular story, which is uh, silver handcuffs. Combines a little of the werewolf, a little of the popo situation. Um, that is what I would assign the mountains, the the Mounties werewolf, a book I would never read again, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend. <laughs> um, but it wasn't torture, and it was short, and it wasn't terribly written. There were just some sort of cringy sex moments where i was like that word isn't hot um but yeah that's what i read this week for canadiana i did struggle around i was like oh monty's are kind of iconic but also the rcmp is like so problematic but then i was like if they're gay werewolves then i feel like it kind of makes it okay but as always as we say on the show a cab a cab a cab so what did you oh. read renee oh well i I can't give away oh, the same. title either. Oh, oh, I love this. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it was a very Canadian read. Um, okay. Let's just start from the beginning. Jennifer's just a stereotypical Canadian girl on a stereotypical Canadian day. <laughs> and she is in her car, driving through the snow, going off to hockey practice. And she's got her Timmy's donuts, her Timmy's coffee. And she's thinking about how she's going to take Stacy down on the rink today. Um, and then, you know, but because she's Canadian, very polite, she's like, sorry, Stacy, to herself, as if Stacy could hear her, but couldn't. Um, so as she's driving, she's balancing her, her nice, hot Timmy's coffee between her legs, listening to some Alanis. <laughs> This is not true. You did not. This is, I am 100% serious. (laughs) In fact, she explains that in Canada, you know, it's, it's a warm three degrees Celsius on this particular day. And, you know, you you could never, you could never complain about the cold in Canada because you lose your Canadian tire money if you do. And that's not the only time they talk about Canadian tire money in this story. So she's balancing her timmies. She's listening to some Alanis. Isn't it ironic? It's playing on this on the radio right now. And she's bobbing along. But she starts to get kind of angry about Stacy because she j- Stacy's not Canadian. Okay. She's a good hockey player, but she's not born and bred. She's just not. And she's kind of having this memory about the time Stacy slammed her head against the plexiglass on the rink. And as she does, she like crunches her legs. But she drinks her coffee black, Julie, and it sprays all over her. And she's like, oh, no. And she 
jerks her head and she ends up driving down a cliff. <gasps> yeah, the roads are just slick, Julie. It's it's what happens in the winter on a mountain, right? Mm -hmm. Slick roads. So she goes down a cliff and she doesn't know, like she doesn't like, like she just drives. It's not Thelma and Louise. Like she just kind of drives down um, and she wraps it around a tree, but she's okay. Um, so she's like, oh darn, I have to get out of my car, figure out where I am. Her hockey sticks are safe, so she's feeling okay about that, but she doesn't, she's Canadian, like she, she doesn't drive with a knife and her seatbelt is stuck. And she's like, oh no, what am I gonna do? So she, she opens her door and snow starts to fall in and she's like, oh damn. And in the distance, in the distance she sees a large brown moose. Now- I'm so excited. <laughs> most, most wilderness animals, you know, they don't, they won't hurt you. But you know, in this case, like, I'm, like if the moose sat on her, she'd be squashed, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so she's like, okay, moosey, like, bye, go away. But the moose comes over and kind of sticks its nose, like its snout in between the door and bites through her um her her seatbelt and she's like oh and so she's thinking like should i offer it a donut like this is a pretty pretty polite moose right <laughs> and um so she she ends up like holding on to his giant antler and he pulls her out of the car and she's like whoa you know thanks moose thank you for for saving my life and um she is like, well, I'm stuck out here. Like, I don't know what to do. So she is like, the moose starts to go and she's like, wait, wait, moose, wait. And the moose stops. And she's like, I wonder if this, like, it may, does this moose understand me? That's crazy. No, but she is really cold. Um, and she doesn't know what to do. So she takes a risk and she pulls out her sled and hands the rope that's attached to the sled to the moose. And the moose takes it. And drives her on the sled and she's like okay all right well, i'm getting out of here and she thinks that the moose might take her out to like the highway but what ends up happening is the moose just kind of like takes her along the road and as she's um you know driving along looking at this at the wintery wintery like scenery um she sees a lake and it, she's re she re she's reminded that when she was a kid her auntie crystal and uncle doug used to take her ice fishing on this on this um on this lake and if she remembers correctly there's a log cabin around here sure enough the moose brings her over to the cabin and she's like oh my god like thank you so she's like thank you mr moose you're the most polite moose i've ever seen after she says this a very cold wind begins blowing <gasps> And it's almost like a hurricane, like they're wrapped in it and it's kind of throwing snow all around them. And she's like, oh no, um, something starts to happen and the moose starts to shift. Um, my book was called Taken by the Were Moose. <laughs> Yeah. Taken by the were moose. So she's standing there and the moose is now a man. He's standing there in his in his denim 
no shirt. Uh, and he's spicy. He he almost looks like a lumberjack, according to Jennifer. Um, you know, and so she's just like, did I die in an accident? Like, am I hallucinating? Is this what the Canadian afterlife looks like? <laughs> because he's in there in his denim. He's ripped. He's very, like, strong up top. And when he shifted, he also had an axe. They never explain it, but clearly he's a lumberjack of some kind. So he's like, what's up? You know, she thinks to herself, like, maybe I should offer to feel his muscles, you know, out of politeness. But we, I we, but she's, you know, she has a lot of questions. She's like, what? this moose just turned into a man. How did this happen? Why is he wearing blue jeans? You know, what? Why is he so cute? Uh, like, what is this? His name's Brandon. <laughs> is he from Manitoba? <laughs> I don't know where they are. There's mountains wherever they are, but um, she's like, okay, well, thank you. And she goes, so you're aware, Moose? And he's like, yeah, I guess I'm not stuck as a moose anymore. So she's like, what happened? And he said, a witch cursed me years ago. This is what it says in the book. A witch cursed me years ago. I turned my back on someone that needed help. He frowned and looked down. I was impolite to someone. She cursed me to remain as a symbol of Canada until I learned how to be a true Canadian. <laughs> so Jennifer's like, so she cursed you for being impolite. And he's like, you're right. That's exactly what happened. Um, and, you know, she's feeling the chemistry, right? She's really feeling the chemistry. And so she's like, well, you know, maybe we should thank each other because it's the polite thing to do. So they do. In fact, they quote, thank each other's brains out. And, uh, he's like, do you want to thank each other in the snow or in the cabin? And she's like, I can take the snow. And he says, well, I have maple syrup in the cabin. So she's like, let's go to the cabin. Um, and they thank each other with, maple syrup um she calls his humongous dick his meat spear which i i liked i thought that was clever and she, at some at one point you know he's just like really servicing her really thanking her as best as he possibly can um and she's just like really wants this thick meaty spear and so she says quote fuck me like we did to switzerland at the olympics um, in the end, in the end, um, it says my muscles contracted around him, squeezing him of every drop of cream. And I wrote note like a Boston cream donut. And, uh, they were very happy. And they're like, you know, it would be the most polite thing to do if we thanked each other again. And, uh, that's, that's it. It's like, right. <laughs> <laughs> So that was my story. And you know what? It was I, the person who wrote it. Their their name is Tabitha Houston and they're a Texas transplant. And that's all I know. Um, they have a lot of really interesting books. One of them is called The Corncob Dildo from Space. I am looking forward to reading more from Tabitha Houston, but I could not find anything else out about them. Um, really appreciated the use of A. I really appreciated how they said, oh, for sure, a lot. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, it was just great. It was 
so funny. Um, I just laughed a lot. So I'm going to read um, them deciding that they need to thank each other. Um, please do. I'm going to... S- I'm going to skip quite a bit so I can just keep up with the good stuff. Oh my God, please do hit me with this gem. Okay. All right. All right. My voice was slow when I spoke. So she cursed you for being impolite. He took a slow step toward me and nodded. I took a step myself. Don't know if that curse would apply to me. I never thanked you properly for saving me. His eyes widened and his adorable dimple appeared again. Nor did I for freeing me. I ran my tongue across my lips, tasting snow. We should thank each other, he nodded. It's the polite thing to do. We should thank each other's brains out. We took one step, each, and pressed our lips hard against each other. His hands went to my head and he held me tightly in place. Even if I wanted to move, I didn't. There was no way to fight someone that strong. His tongue slid out of my mouth and I bit down on his neck. Oh, my angel, I can't wait to feel you around my cock. I whispered into his ear, I can't wait to feel your cock deep inside. He jerked his head towards the cabin, inside or out, in the snow. I whispered, snow doesn't matter, I'm Canadian. His nostrils flared, there's maple syrup in there. Indoors! I laughed as my face flushed with heat. His mouth went up in a slight grin. Everything tastes better with syrup. I closed my eyes and imagined hot, warm maple syrup on my tits and pussy. Oh yeah, for sure. Images of his warm, wet tongue licking up every drop went through my mind. I let out a long breath. Indoors, please? He whispered. I can smell your arousal. Let's see what we can do about that. (laughs) Ooh! He gripped me tight as he walked towards the cabin. His chest panted hard with each step, but it wasn't my weight that left him breathless. His eyes stayed on me as he walked up the steps. I can already tell how wet you are. I can't wait until I stick my tongue and cock deep inside you. His eyebrows rose. Sounds pretty good, eh? I nodded quickly. Oh yeah, for sure. He kicked open the door. It was just a simple cabin with a bed to the left, a kitchen to the right, and a hole in the floor for ice fishing. It wasn't elegant, but it was perfect for fucking. That was exactly what we both wanted. It had been a while since I had some good Canadian dick. I can only imagine how long he's been trapped as a moose, just waiting for the day he would be free and able to fuck some girl senseless. I'm just that girl. His forehead furrowed and he mouthed, Thank you. Pussy and freedom, all within minutes. I'd be thankful too. I can't wait to feel my mouth around your tits, then again your sweet pussy. He took another big inhale. It'll feel fantastic. I took off my hockey jersey and jumped on the bed. I lay there on the bed, half naked with my tits out. His eyes narrowed as he grabbed the bottle of maple syrup. And then they fuck. (laughs) Maple syrup. He says, (laughs) I grinned. Pretty good, eh? He nodded fast. Oh, yeah, that's the stuff. That's And that's how it goes on. Like, oh, Jennifer, you know how, you don't know how good you smell. She's like, oh, yeah, sure, bud. Like, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Fuck, it's just so funny. And they write a boot. Oh, and like, they actually boot? write it as a boot. Oh, my God, I love this. Yeah. So it's, a, it says here, it says, the heat of his dick radiated through my tight grip. Each quick beat of his heart thumped throughout as a growing bead of moisture grew. Time to tap this tree for syrup. <laughs> 
good. I it's so it. funny. I oh, I'm so glad I read it. I was I honestly thought it was gonna be just horrifying because it's like taken by the moose and I'm like, oh, does she owe him a favor? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. but it, it was actually like super consensual, super fun, hilarious. I loved it. So ten out of ten. Woohoo! Um, oh, I love this. Oh okay, and yeah. So now I gotta know what is your ex- accessoire? What is your accessory for this story? Um, I think you know, just some good Canadian dick, bud. <laughs> but some good, some good veiny Canadian dick, and a bottle of maple syrup. All right, bowl of maple syrup. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, I'm, I'm positive there's got to be like maple syrup blue, but in this case, um, they just use straight maple syrup. <laughs> I literally, this is no exaggeration, have a you know people have like a case of wine in their cold storage. I have maybe a couple of bottles of wine and I absolutely have a case of two liter bottles of maple syrup. <laughs> you also have like, for as long as I've known you had a maple syrup candle. Oh yeah. Like I always, always have, a- have a maple syrup candle. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I, Oh my God. Maple syrup is like crack cocaine to me. I oh love God. it. It is nature's candy. After this, that's the scandal candle. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. What are you reading for us today, bud? I'm also going to read. Burling through it for me. I'm going to re- <laughs> I'm going to go burling out. I'm going to read a uh, petite morceau of the a sex scene. I'm not going to get into the sex scene, um, but I'm going to redo a little piece that just was like too Canadiana. But this is not trying to be funny, like your book. This is earnest. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so at this point, this is like the last little bit of the book so they've defeated the big bad wolf um and they're now just all up in each other's business nick knocked on adam's door waiting for it to open he'd come from a parade the town had put on to celebrate the august civic holiday a large group of mounties were leading the parade attired in their full dress uniform nick sweltered in the summer heat with his scarlet wool tunic breeches leather boots and gloves and a wide brim felt hat Adam couldn't make it to the festivities because he had to work, but they had arranged to meet later in, later in the day at Adam's house. He promised Adam he'd stay in his uniform, but once Adam saw him, he vowed to take the garb off. A bead of sweat sitting on his forehead escaped, trickling down his cheek. Hurry up, Adam. I can't take this heat much longer. Right on cue, Adam opened the door and stared at Nick with an odd expression on his face. My God, you're fucking sexy! He stepped back. <laughs> he stepped back and ushered Nick inside to his living room. Can I take the uniform off now? No, not yet. I have other plans. Well, aren't you mysterious, eh? What kind of plans are you brewing? Oh, I've always had a fantasy about having sex with a Mountie. Now that I see you in uniform up close, I want I want to have my desires realized. That's literally how it's spelled. <laughs> Do you think you can indulge me? Oh, since you have air conditioning, I think we can make this happen, but the hat has got to go. Nick chuckled, removed his hat, placed it on the coffee table. Adam stood behind him, grabbed his shoulders, and turned him around. And then they fuck. Um, I just love... I mean, this is the thing. A Mountie uniform is really sharp looking. If you, it's really, but I mean, it's, you know, 
Hitler also wore Hugo Boss uniforms. You know what I'm saying? So like, let's not get like distracted. <laughs> but um, yeah, like it's yeah, uh, they are very iconic. So um, I actually did find some information about Hannah Hart after all. Okay. So Hannah Hart is a prairie girl, having lived most of her life in central Canada. And she fell in love with romance at the age of 16 when she bought her first one. Um, And she has just decided to follow her passion because what really stole her attention under her heart was male, male erotic romance. So that's why um, most of her books are paranormal gay buds. Um, But yeah, I mean, I kind of get it. Like, would I ever date a cop? No. But would I date like a former cop that quit and still had his uniform and would fuck me in it? Sure. <laughs> I think it's like, would you date a cop? No. Would you peg a Mountie? Sure. <laughs> nailed it. That's what it is right there. You nailed it. Would I peg, would I date a cop? No. Would I peg a Mountie? Oh my God. I'm going to put that on a fucking t-shirt, bud. That's it. Put it on your koozie. <laughs> Put it on the fucking beer koozies, eh? <laughs> oh, well, you know what's funny about that is my, I have a button maker that also makes magnets that also makes bottle openers. So maybe- Listen, bods, <laughs> we're going to get some Ravage Love koozies uh, <laughs> uh, out for next Canada Day. We'll have a little picture. Uh, the Yeah, my like protest every year for Canada Day is I have a t-shirt that says French Canadian and it's a picture of two Mounties French kissing um Ooh. and uh it's not gay but um but it's 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 still it's still two mounties making out um so yeah i do understand that it's an iconic but it's like literally part of the problem there's this great book coming out by jane gerster about like the dark dark history of the rcmp and one of the reasons why they don't get held accountable is that like canadians just see them as these like especially those outside of the west who don't actually interact with rcmp officers um they just see it as like oh like it's this icon do south you know like or oh yeah dudley do right yeah. yeah and like all of these like paul gross as an rcmp officer i was like let me sit on your face um so i get it i get why hannah hart decided to do it like i totally understand i definitely get it more than like hockey players because again i grew up with hockey players and they're gross and so, so the, I don't have the mystique of like, ooh, you know, whereas like, yeah, if I was in the West and I grew up with RCMP officers, I might not be as like, oh, hello. But we did it. We did Canadiana Week and I'm okay with it because I read uh, gay Mounties who are also werewolves and you read basically romantic satire, which I fucking adore. So Renee, tell the kids. What are we doing next week? Fantasy. Sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. Yeah, girl. We are doing fan I don't think we've ever done fantasy. No, I think I've I've squeezed it in there. Uh, yeah. The same way I would squeeze myself into a Mountie. But <laughs> um, yeah, I've definitely had. Yes. No, we're going to do real legit fantasy and i want to take this opportunity to say that i'm also writing a dungeons and dragons campaign for my daughter and her little girlfriends oh 
my god, this is very on brand for you then in your little journey that you're on. I I've never been a dungeon master in the Dungeons and Dragons sense, and um, I am excited to give my my kids a chance to do that because it is a boys' club. Yes, it really is. You know, and I don't. I think it's a really good way to stretch your imagination muscles. Yeah, um, and have a good time with your pals. Also really loving the uh hellfire club stuff from stranger things this year it's a lot of fun so yeah big fan big fan of tabletop role-playing not a fan of live action (laughs) role-playing also not a fan of larping in the bedroom i'm just gonna say it um don't trust a larper i I wouldn't even peg a larper they're the worst (laughs) the fucking worst well Next week, we're doing fantasy, which can be a whole lot of things. Like, yeah, if you were to just, it could be like dragons, it could be orcs, it could be like, is it like elves? Is that also fantasy? There's elves, there's halflings, there's different, there's wood elves, there's dark elves, there's like all kinds of stuff. There's fucking wizards, there's necromancers, there's witches. Like, if you have seen it in a video game it that's fantasy i like Like, it it could be anything it could be a monster it could be a vampire like but give me something like give me a medieval style environment that's what i oh so like a game of thrones situation where it's like fantasy but also somewhat recognizable as like a medieval time situation yeah, if you just want to read like a Lannister sex scene next week, I won't judge. I can get William to come on the. <laughs> no, on the I show don't if you want like. your brother to fucking. No, we're good. Um, I'll find something that doesn't involve incest. It'll be difficult, <laughs> but I will make it happen. And um, yeah, thanks for listening to us on our Canadiana journey this week. Very excited to see where we're going to go next week. I haven't picked out a book yet, so I don't know what direction it's going to go in, but I'm very excited and I'm delighted that I got to chat with you, Renee. I'm really glad to. And I feel like our best um, effort for decolonization right now is to peg Mounties. 100%. Um, And I would ask all of our listeners to do their part. Um, don't wait. Peg today. There you go. There you go. Um, this was great. I love you. I love Thank you, you too. For, for reading Canadiana with me this week and finding something totally up my alley. Right? That's a lot of fun. I was, was really, fun. I you know, I could have, I there were some hockey player ones and there were, um, but I was like, no, I want to do something weird. I want to honor, <laughs> I want to honor Renee's <laughs> tastes and her palate. And I'm going to move away. I even tried to find Canadian Amish. <laughs> but nice. I mean, I had to keep it gay because that's how I roll. But yeah. Um, cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. Go check out our Instagram and Twitter because the cover of my book is Bad Shit Cuckoo Bananas. So you want to go and see the cover of our books. And uh, join us next week where we go on a sweet, sweet fantasy ride. I'm really excited. Well, Julie, if you touch me like this and I kiss you like that, um, I'm going to need you to sing us out. (laughs) Sure do. Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the show is created by Karen McKnight. Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance. 
You can find Josh on Instagram at Fushigiyami. That's F-U-S-H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram. Connect with us at RavageLove on Instagram and Twitter or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you.